Hi, you're listening to God, Ghosts, and Government, a weekly conversation with Senator Kim Jackson, where she'll reflect on her journey as an Episcopal priest, farmer, first-time state legislator, and much more. I'm your host, Sharitha J, and I'm honored to share this space with you. Let's begin. Is this this it? Like we're we're doing our wrap it up. Like we're wrapping up the session. Like we officially concluded, and now it's that what we've been doing the whole time. Time for reflection. Yeah. Well, Sharita J, this is it. Yeah, we're done. I mean, we should do this podcast, obviously. <laughs> um, let's finish this podcast today. But yeah, session is over. Session <laughs> is over, as we discussed in our previous episode, episode thirteen. And now we're entering into episode 14 and I've shared with you before Senator Jackson, now it feels like riding a bike and now we're about to get off the bike, but, and then take a break alongside the road here. But yeah, we've just kind of gotten into this rhythm of having these really intentional conversations each week. And I know personally, it's been a a mind opening, soul opening uh, experience. So I hope that this journey has been joyful, to say the least, for you as well. <laughs> yeah, no, this has been, I went back and listened to a lot of that earlier episodes just to remember what even happened. And I'm, I'm really glad that we're doing this. Um, thank you for being a great host. So, okay. I have a practice that I used to do with my youth program. I used to be youth ministry coordinator and one of the things that we would do in regards to reflection each week we'd share a a rose a thorn and a bud okay all so right a rose would be something something positive thorn not so positive and a bud something that you're looking forward to so I thought that would be a really mindful way to kind of take a look back at your first uh session as a senator, a state senator for Georgia. Yeah, well, um, let's start with a thorn because that way we can end with <laughs> something more positive. Excellent. I, you know, the thorny, the thorniest, thorniest of all of this has certainly been all of the election bills and um, all of the shenanigans and weird things that happened around uh ultimately creating a bill that was 98 pages long. But um, before that, all of the threats of ending no excuse absentee voting, the threats around um, getting rid of Sunday polling, like um, and we, we ended up with 98 pages that we where we still have no excuse absentee voting and we still have Sunday voting. And so many of us are kind of like sighing relief because in the middle of it, we thought that stuff was gonna, we were gonna lose that too. So. I think that was a thorn was just trying to navigate all of that, but also to be navigating it, not on the committees, right? Like I wasn't on the ethics committee. Um, so I was kind of navigating it from afar, but um, but dealing with that outcome, like the repercussions of it, right? Seeing Representative Cannon be arrested and all of the protests like that, that was some thorny mess right there. Yeah, so definitely the thorn of it. Um, and, and a thorn that we'll have to continue to wrestle with, right, as a state, like that thorn is in our side now, uh, to use some biblical, 
you know, language there. We have a thorn in our side called SB202, now our new state elections laws. And we're going to have to wrestle with that um, until we're able to do something differently. So um, that, that thorn we carry with us. I think the rose of all of this, um, wow, I mean, there's so many things, Sharitha, like this has been a rose, um, just this experience of being on a podcast, of having people who are following us and shouting us out on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I think it started the very first day that I was sworn in wearing Polly Murray's stole and feeling that her legacy and that great cloud of witnesses was resting on my shoulders um, for my swearing in was certainly one of the highlights of, of my life. Um, you know, not just obsession, but of my life, you know. Um, As someone who was there to witness it, I mean, we only get to go around this, this way once you know, in, in regards to certain spiritual beliefs. And so if that is so, to be able to have that moment and I get to witness it, I know it was truly significant for you. Uh, but to be on the other side of that, um, just to be in the room, I kind of had this moment of having those close to me being their kind of conduit for that moment. Like my grandmother, because COVID was still, it is still very much so a thing. And to be able to go to the, the Capitol under the gold dome and for a moment, not to say that it didn't feel like COVID existed, but it was a, a sense of normalcy, a, a, a moment of pride. And yeah, I, I can see why it's a significant moment for you. Yeah, absolutely. Just um, if I think too much about it, I might might start crying because it's just so so beautiful, and to have you know representatives of my family there present uh, on the Zoom watching. Uh, I mean, it's just all it was just all so great, and and I I'm also it's not, I'm not lost. It's not lost on me the significance of what it means to, for a black woman to be standing in that space um, and to continue to stand in that space um, under the gold dome as a senator, and 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 of course to be the only the first out queer person who gets to be called a senator and represent us. Um, that is just it's a rose. It's um, you know, roses can obviously like they they have their complications. I don't know if you've ever grown a rose, but growing roses takes time and skill and it can be complicated. And I think that's actually really representative of what it, what it is, to, especially to carry the weight of being a first that it is it is weighty and it's complicated and it takes some skill to, to navigate. But um, I, and I think the other rose that I want to lift up is um, SB 75 is going to become state law. And there are people who have been victimized and stalked who will be able to have a fresh start in a new place because of that bill. And so I am just so excited about it and I'm also like oh my gosh they let me like write a law like <laughs> you they let really? me write a law <laughs> how did this preacher get to write a law <laughs> like it's it's still a little unreal I mean, those are this takes me back to you know that 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 word we use unanimous and because not everyone not everyone gets to have that experience for their their first bill. I mean, you've experienced a lot of firsts, right? 
you know, from the, yeah. the swearing in ceremony, the significance of being the first uh, openly uh, queer person in the state Senate, and then to get your first bill passed yeah. unanimously out of out of uh, judicial, and then just officially on both sides, it made it through crossover. It was just, I mean, it was really exciting to watch and. For those who, you know, didn't catch it in real time, still knowing that this, knowing a little bit more about the process, because as you just said, they let you pass a bill and then they didn't just let you. Right. I mean, and me as a, right. And like me as a Democrat too, like we also have to like acknowledge, right. Like me as a freshman Democrat was allowed to, and it's really allowed is the right word, I think. (laughs) was allowed to pass a bill to write law. Um, that in and of itself is is amazing and, and a blessing, um, a real blessing. So Senator Jackson, I do think we have another rose to mention here. We can't we can't talk about God, goats, and government without mentioning Rose Scott. <laughs> I mean, if not for uh, Rose's actual suggestion for you to document um, your your journey as a first time legislator, we wouldn't be here. That's right. Having this conversation. So shout out to Rose Scott. Yeah, no, thanks, Rose. Um, I, I know she actually does listen. And so um, she'll she'll hear this. But thanks, Rose, for for helping me to see the importance of this and for naming that this story and this journey is something worth sharing um, with with people beyond just my own little circle. So yes, definitely Rose is a rose in this uh, for sure. Uh, and, I, and I think uh, the last rose I want to pass out on this, because we're passing out roses now, right? Uh, is, At this point, we got a whole bouquet. <laughs> yeah, we got a bouquet. So, I mean, rose to my wife. Um, she really has held it down for me. Um, I, you know, most people don't realize that I got elected in November to start a new job, essentially, as being a senator. And she started a new job, a new full-time job in November as well. And so we both, you know, come January, we're trying to learn something completely new in different ways. And she just, she's been holding it down. Um, you know, y'all, I'm just, I'm just really grateful for all the ways that she supported me, not just during session either, right? Like she saw, she caught the vision that I had. Um, so Monday is our like 10th anniversary, right? So she, she caught this vision that I had of running for office and serving as a public servant more than 10 years ago. And wow. yes, 10 years, Wow, 10 years. <laughs> um, so so many roses, dozens and dozens of roses to my wife for journeying alongside of me and for believing in me, for believing that I could do this and that it wasn't too soon, that I wasn't too young. Uh, you know, like all those things that I kind of doubted, she was right there to say, no, you can do this. And um, and in fact, not only can you do this, but I think you should do this. And so many, many roses to my wife for decade, over a decade of journeying with me and supporting me in this work and in so much else. Yes, most definitely. You should, you know, I don't know 
if she's a, a flower type person, but yeah, definitely. I don't know if you're getting her actual roses, but I don't I don't know what I don't know what a decade of roses look like looks like <laughs> in regards to gratitude, but certainly she deserves her flowers. So we have we talked about our thorn, okay, or thorns, plural, and we've discussed our roses. So what's a bud here? What's something that's blooming? What's what's next? Yeah, well, um, what's not next? <laughs> but let me be clear here is that I am not the Senator Jackson who is running for labor commissioner. Uh, that's a different Senator Jackson. That's Senator Lester Jackson. I'm excited for him, happy for him. Um, and I just want all the phone calls and text messages to me about that to stop because I'm not that Senator Jackson. <laughs> you could be a Lester. You know, we call him, you know, Sharitha Jackson. Uh, you know, the Jackson <laughs> clan is huge, right? <laughs> there are many, many Jacksons. Absolutely. And there happen to be two Senator Jacksons. But uh, when it comes to labor commissioner, I think that Lester Jackson is much better qualified than, than I am for that position. So that's not next for me. Um, but instead, what is next is that I am going to continue this work of learning what it is to be a senator and how to be a good senator. Um, I do have to start campaigning again, which is uh, a little daunting to imagine and think about. Like, I have another election that's coming up in 2022. So we start campaigning. Um, but I'm also really excited about, and this is a bud that has been in the making for quite some time. Um, I will drop a bill, um, I'll pre-file it probably, that will introduce a sexual assault protective order. So for people who have been sexually assaulted, who need a restraining order um, so that they can have some space and separation from the person who sexually assaulted them, I'm gonna uh, drop that bill. We, that has been in the making for months and months. So many attorneys and advocates and women who've been victims and judges have looked at this bill to try to make sure we get it right for everybody. Um, and no doubt when it goes through the process, we'll continue to refine it. But um, that's probably one of the most exciting buds to me is once again, having some legislation that I think will really matter to people's lives, right? And really change lives. So um, that's one of the things. And then if you follow me on social media, you might know that I went and visited with EMS, um, Grady EMS, which is, you know, this whole love of mine from my previous life of being an EMT. But a part of that work is that I'm trying to build a partnership between women who are incarcerated and uh, the Grady EMS system. So um, there are a number of women who get trained as firefighters while they're in prison here in Georgia. And I'd like to see them get trained as EMTs as well so that they can, when they get out, they can do fire and rescue. Um, and even while they're serving, cause they, they currently serve. Like if you, if your house catches on fire in rural Georgia, it's gonna likely be a person who's an inmate who will come and put that fire out for you. Yeah, no, so, and which is a great reference for our listeners. If you haven't already checked out episode 13, Senator Jackson goes into a little bit more detail about that process. I mean, as you said, a lot of, of, of the re response, uh, first responders in rural areas are folks who have been formerly incarcerated. So you are doing truly this good work and God's work, dare, dare I say. Well, I, I try to do God's work. Um, you know, although I will say, Sharitha, somebody asked me, how was my Holy Week? 
And they were like, you know, as a priest, we know like that's a really busy time for you. And I was like, yeah, signy die happened during Holy Week. Um, <laughs> they were like, no, like pastorally, didn't you have a lot? And I was just like, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> like, I mean, which is significant in itself. We're we're in Easter. It's official. We're in the Easter season, and you know, just again making a reference because this was super powerful in you stating that Easter is coming, specifically focusing on Stacey Abrams and what that looks like. I mean, when I hear that, I I feel hope. Yeah, and. I, I don't know about you. I can I could use as much hope as I can get these days. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Stacey Abrams is the embodiment of so much hope for so many of us um, and for, for all of Georgia. And and I think if there's anything that we can take away from watching uh, the protests that happened and all of the uprising that has happened around SB 202, I mean, since we last talked, the I don't know anything about baseball, but some big baseball game got pulled. Um, uh, yeah, I'll help you out here. Like, that's <laughs> so the all-star game. Uh, we recently, we had the NBA all-star game here, which was a big to-do. And folks, some folks were noticeably frustrated because we are uh, in the, the, the midst of a pandemic. But uh, on a more political uh, note, uh, Major League Baseball, MLB, they said, no, we're going to forego um, having our all-star game in Atlanta because of SB 202. This is this has been huge. I think if anything that we can learn, though. So, yes, I think there's a lot of Easter that that Stacey Abrams represents for us. But um, I, I, I want to honor really her own thoughts. Like, I'm not trying to turn her into a messiah. And I think that if there's anything we can learn from all those protesters is that the Easter resides in the people who rose up and demanded that we do something different. And that Easter continues to be embodied or the resurrection spirit, right? That hope continues to be embodied in the thousands of people who are calling these major corporations out on social media and like charging them with saying, yo, you care about, you say you care about black people, then you need to say something about these votes, right? Um, I, you know, in church language, we talk about we are resurrection people and, um, and that's not always true. Some of us actually are, are, are not good about bringing forth life, but the protesters, the activists, the advocates, um, they are living as resurrection people for us. And so when I talk about Easter is coming, yes, yeah, Stacy is coming and I'm excited. And I really hope that she runs. I mean, she hasn't officially announced, right? Um, and, and, all of those people who've been protesting, um, for me, they are the embodiment of the Easter hope that I'm living in right now. Thank you for listening to God, Goats, and Government. We love to connect with you. So please follow us at Kim for Georgia for updates. Again, that's at Kim for Georgia on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Senator Jackson, as you, 
you share this Easter hope and we do this really, again, intentional reflection of God, goats, and government. During this time frame, has there been anything that you've been surprised by? Oh, I mean, so many surprises. Um, I think... (laughs) When it relates to goats, I've been surprised by a male goat showing up in my property, Um, you know, fraternizing with my goats. That has been a huge surprise and a thorn in my side, if I can go back to that metaphor. Um, But as it relates to the Senate, I've been very surprised by the amount of conviviality, the ways that my colleagues um, who have an R after their name have been very kind and social. And, you know, we talked about this before. It's like Southern nice. Um, and so there's some of that bless your heart to it, but there, there is underneath that there's some real genuineness in terms of as a person. And that has surprised me um, because I'm not used to in part because I'm not used to people being who are nice doing bad things. Um, so their niceness has been surprising because then they turn around and they pass these bills that are very far and different from nice, right? Yeah, nice, nasty, that's what mm. I call it. Yeah, I mean, so it's just, it's complicated. And um, I, I think I've been, I've been surprised by how much, particularly the Republicans have, reached out and been intentional about trying to build a relationship with me. And that has been surprising, not just because I'm a Democrat, um, but also because I'm a lesbian, right? Um, and because I'm black, there, there are a lot of bridges that have to be built between a straight white male Republican from Southern Georgia and me. And uh, they've worked intentionally to build those bridges with me. And I've worked, I've worked to build those bridges too. And so that's, that's been surprising, but a nice surprise. Um, and, and one I'll continue to have to kind of work through, right, with them. But I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And then I think the other like genuine, genuine surprise is like just how, how um, <laughs> I wanted to cuss <laughs> is just how, tired this is has made me and it's not a physical tired like I crossfit like whatever it's not a physical exhaustion I've been struck by the like amount of kind of emotional and like psychological and spiritual exhaustion that this calls I just I wasn't prepared for that I didn't know that was coming even though people told me I interviewed a lot of different sitting legislators right and they all told me that to be prepared for it, but I wasn't prepared is completely surprising. And I'm still dealing with the consequences of that now. So, I mean, we've touched on it, right? Bit by bit, but like, what are some, some tools that you use to cope with that during session? And so how do you plan to continue that, that healing process so that you can be prepared for next session? I mean, to campaign and all the things that come with being, a state senator. Well, some of that has been, this podcast has been really helpful, I think, in terms of reflection. Um, but also, I've had a wonderful team of people, and I'll, I'll shout them out once more. But Team Kim has been, they've been my rock. And, uh, you know, at the end of, at the end of Sunny Die, it's like 1230 at night, you know, and I turn to my chief of staff, and I'm just like, I don't know if I should, like, 
dance and celebrate or if I should cry um, because it's just so much. There's so many emotions. And she was like, well, you can do both. And like, that's the kind of team I have, right? Is the team that would hold me through both of those. Um, and so that's been really grateful. And I will say, I'm, I'm very grateful that I have a really deep spiritual well of, um, you know, I have really learned to lean and trust on in God in ways that I've never had to before. And so whether that's from singing gospel songs in the, you know, in the car on the way over or like genuinely like sitting at my desk and being just like, I need a moment of prayerful mindfulness um, that has, that has carried me through too. Um, and I want to say been so many people have been cheering for me and I, I talk a lot about like, I get you know, hundreds of emails that are not nice, right? I get a lot, I get a right. lot of not nice letters. A lot of thorns. A lot of, thorns. A, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of throwing some thorns at me. But I also like almost, I can, I think probably every day that in the middle of those emails, there will always be somebody who, who writes to say, thank you. Thank you for serving. Um, and that has been so on time. I mean, I remember right around crossover, I was tired. I was, I was overwhelmed. I knew that we couldn't stop um, the voting bills. You know, we could put up some great, beautiful speeches and arguments, but I knew that ultimately we couldn't stop them completely. And I was feeling very, very down about that. And somebody just stopped by my office and was like, hi, you've never met me, but I'm your constituent and I'm queer and I'm just, so grateful for you and like she started crying and I started crying but I was crying because I was tired and sad you know and she was crying because you know she got to meet somebody who represents her um but it was just so on time and I will say over and over again those emails or those drop bys or, or those random gifts have, have really helped sustain me during some of the hardest times um and right now, Sharitha, I'm on vacation. This is the only appointment that I have in for two weeks. So that's the other part of this. Well, I, you know, I'm honored that you would, you know, put me on on your on your your very open calendar. <laughs> so, well, you you know that I you know I've been very very mindful about asking about your self-care process because in kind of having this outside looking in perspective I can see that it's a lot and if I feel like it's a lot I know <laughs> that you are you are carrying uh, truly a heavy load and so you've done so gracefully tactfully and um, even if you you have to say a curse word or two you still you still do what you you have to do and what you need to do so it's been very inspirational to to observe and witness um you mentioned earlier about having this um well of spiritual resources so of course it immediately put me in in mind of you going to the well uh to speak and what thoughts come to mind after going through your first session you started out, you know, you had this initial moment again, another first, and we were able to document it here. And now, you know, the well is run dry, so to speak, you're on the other end. <laughs> and so to go from this, this initial moment of going to the well, and then 
on the back end, as you just mentioned, having this moment with SB202 speaking from the well, knowing that it wasn't going to change the outcome. Give us some insight on the, the spectrum of those two experiences. So I, I want to say just for a little educational piece, not only was it not going to change the outcome, my speech, um, but it also would like literally not change the bill because they engross it, which means that they basically lock it down and you can't even make any amendments to it. So, you know, the issues that I was speaking to on the floor in the well about um, the bill they they couldn't amend it to be like, oh, yeah, like we do need to make a carve out so that people who are blind can use their phones um, in the ballot box. Like even if that did like prick their hearts and make them like want to do change, they they couldn't change it because they didn't gross it. So um, but I think, you know, as I think about so my very first speech in the well, that maiden voyage in the well was me telling the story of if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it. And, and speaking about, you know, the voting bills actually. And then I end it with, again, about voting. Um, and, and I think that the big thing that I've learned in the in-between stages is that I've, I've gotten some clarity around what and who I want to be in that well and what that voice will be. Um, I mean, my hands still get sweaty before I go up there. Like, um, like that's, it's, my hands still get sweaty before I preach too, right? But I do have some real clarity about, I want to be the voice that um, comes with some moral authority and that also comes with some sense of relatability that, you know, I, I trust that my other colleagues will speak to the technical aspects, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk to the human parts. And I've, got, I've gotten really comfortable with that. And I, that's how, actually how I started, right? I started with a story that was very human, just about my daddy and, you know, me, me fixing things. Like it was already a human story. And I think over the last three months or so, I've gotten really clear about like, that's, that's who I am. That's the voice that I want to bring to the well, um, because it does resonate most deeply with who I am authentically. Whether or not it changes votes or not, I know my colleagues hear it and and they get it, you know? So I will say like, after I did that last um, talk from the well, when I came back, this Republican dude said, I thought you were Episcopalian. And I said, I am. And he's like, but you preach like a Baptist. You preach like a Baptist. Oh, I won't come to your church, <laughs> right? Like that is a high compliment. And again, he's a Republican and he voted the way he voted, of course. But the fact that he heard me and that it resonated with something inside of him that felt familiar, that that matters. And I think that it helps. That's maybe this is the rosebud for me or the hope that's in me is that resonating with him um, helps to pave a way for some further conversations down the road. I hear you speak about these. Um, I'm trying to think of the word. It's not controversial. It's, it's just, I don't know. Um, <laughs> two sides of a coin to go um, have this very life-giving experience and, and use the terminology and still did not prick their hearts. But at the same time to have um, a colleague come up to you and say, oh, I want to go to your church. And, it, and, and here I am like, yeah, come on. <laughs> please, please come, come on over here uh, to common ground. <laughs> It also puts me, you know, in 
the the mindset of our parishioners at Common Ground and what it has meant to to share with them specifically at morning prayer when they come there and they're looking for Pastor Kim, not Reverend or pre, Pastor Kim. That's what they're looking for, and you're not there, and it's a moment of like immediate disappointment. But to be able to point across the street over at the Capitol, over at the Gold Dome and say, well, your your pastor is next door doing work for you. You're their senator. You're not only their, their, their spiritual leader, but you're also their senator. And they know that they have true representation in a, in a space, in a place that I, I, this again is me outside looking in, in a place that seem, seemingly has forgotten about them. Outside the Capitol, like homelessness don't stop. Yeah. There are tents. There is such a high need and it's right outside those doors. And so to be able to point and say, that's where she is, they perk up. It is it, that life that left them for a moment. They rise right back up like, oh, oh, she's still doing the work for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've thought a lot about, about my, my priesthood experience and the different calls that I've had as, as a pastor, right? I've served on a college campus. I've served in different churches. And, um, you know, before I came to Common Ground, I served at All Saints in, in Midtown, you know, big kind of big steeple, 3,000 member, wealthy white folks um, and others who were there. And, and I thought a lot about, you know, what that, what it would have been like if I had stayed at All Saints and were also serving as a senator at the same time and how it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered as much because I need, I, like that touch point that I get every Sunday of being with my congregants, of being with my people who sleep outside has been such an important touch point for me in doing this work, right? When I think about bills, I think about their implications for the people who live in District 41. And I also think about the implications for the people who are sleeping in a tent just outside their way. And I don't think that I would have, I mean, I've always been somewhat conscious, right? But I don't think I would have had that same level of consciousness if every Sunday my touch point were spending time with, you know, Atlanta's wealthy elite, right? And so I've been really grateful that that transition happened and that I get to be at Common Ground and get to to be their senator um, and, and be able to help leverage resources for that community um, because of my station in life. And so uh, I could not have pre-planned this journey, right? And I certainly could not have pre-planned that I would be serving a congregation of people who were homeless while also serving in the Senate. I could not have imagined that, but it has been the perfect marriage of the two things. And, um, and they get it. They get that the work that I do under the Capitol is important and is a part of the work that I do when I'm with them in person. And I am so grateful for that and grateful to you for, for helping make sure they get it too. Senator Jackson, it's about that time. <laughs> now we're gonna honor that you're on vacation. And for our listeners, this is not goodbye. It's just a, a see you later. We have some some more opportunities, more episodes ahead, but it is surely a break. So in that, is there anything else 
you would like to share with your listeners uh, before we get out of here? Well, yeah, I mean, so I'm on break for two weeks, but um, that's that's not key. Like you guys can continue to work um, while I'm on break for two weeks. There's still work for us as a people to be doing um, in Georgia. And so please, like, I know we're not in session, but this is a great time actually to try to set up an appointment to meet with your senator or meet with your representative and to talk about the needs in your community. Like really seize this time. The summer is especially um, just a wonderful time. So if there's a need in your community, right? Like if you remember the story of how my bill started, it started with somebody in the community who runs a sexual assault center saying, this is what we need. We need this stalking bill, Kim. Um, and so this is the time. Reach out to your senator and say, like, I see this need. Can we fill it? And maybe um, maybe it's not legislation that's required, but they can still leverage their own gifts and skills um, to bring to the bear. So I'm going to rest, but you all, there's still work to do. Uh, email call your representatives, invite them to come sit out on your front porch and have the important conversations about how you wanna move Georgia forward. Now is the time because this is a really great season for us to be uh, spending that time writing legislation for the coming session next year. Okay, folks, you heard your Senator, cause I mean, she is the people's Senator in my eyes. So <laughs> don't forget to do the work. It is, it is your time to rest, of course, and you know, rest is always needed, but there's still plenty of work to do. So anyway, this has been a great joy uh, for me to be able to sit in this space with you weekly. Thank you for the opportunity. And I, I just, I can't wait uh, to see where this journey continues to take you and what changes we can make as a people. So. Thank you, Senator Jackson. Oh, thank you, Sharitha J. That's right. We have work to do and let us not grow weary in our well-doing, but also let's take care of one another as well. Blessings to you, Sharitha J, and to all of our listeners. I am so very grateful um, for our journeying together. Please, if you haven't gotten your vaccine and you can, please get a vaccination so that we can return to uh, a season in which we can share a meal together with one another, because that is something I miss so much. But thank you, Sharitha J. Thanks to all listeners. Continue to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Um, and we will be back, especially for redistricting, if not before. Okay, it's been another fantastic session of God, Ghosts, and Government. Until next time. Be easy, y'all.